listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. woke up today and I was like, wow, did I do a lot this weekend for somebody that's like, you know, you're still observing the staying at home thing, but like Friday night, sat in a friend's backyard, but like at a big distance, he was up on his deck and my wife and I entered through the back gate and so we could just hang out and and have a few beers. And then Saturday, I decided that the kids just needed to have some fun. So I was blasting music in the backyard and I set up a water slide for him and grilled. And then uh, yesterday, my mother wanted to. Uh, to visit with me so we sat in the backyard as well separated because you know we don't want to get the grandparents sick but we had a big 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 fun time there and then I got yelled at because I started going to the bathroom uh, peeing behind her garage and she was like and I'm like I can't go in your house I'll infect your house and we had we had a big back and forth on that one you know but it's all good now how are you good that sounds like a lot of fun Well, last week's episode was so much fun. I've got a lot of great feedback from that episode. Val Capone was an awesome guest. Uh, and people like Val is what makes covering the local wrestling scene so much fun. He's so talkative, has so many stories. He's such a big fan. There's so many things you can get out of her. And we're very excited to hopefully have her back on in the future. And speaking of guests, we don't have one today. But within the next few weeks, I'm hoping to have a whole bunch. I've been uh, working Messenger, I've been working Twitter, Instagram messaging. I've had a couple people come to me on Facebook as well. So there's quite a few people um, that I think we're going to try to get on the show. And I'm going to do a little tease now. At the end of the show, I'm going to let everybody know who the guest will be next week on the Windy City Slam podcast live next Monday. And all of our sources starting next Tuesday I have a very good guest. Everybody's going to enjoy that guest. All right. A little bit of a tease. I like it. The folks are excited about it. All right. Uh, you know, I, I there's a bunch of weird stuff going on. I, I know we're going to talk about money in the bank at some point, but I find it really interesting that I read there's a, uh, a trademark battle between uh, AEW and WWE right now. I don't know. Did you see? Did you see what's going on here? I mean, Cody Rhodes had to wait 10 years before he could use his original ring name. And I guess the 10 years is up and he's also filed uh, to try to get the trademark on his father's name, Dusty Rhodes, Slamboree and the match beyond. He's trying to grab all of those and WWE is going, they've, they filed counter against the Slamboree and the match beyond thing. And they've also filed just recently a bunch of stuff that indicates that the revival is going to AEW because WWE filed trademarks on no flips, just fist, no flips, just fist without a comma. I don't know why they needed to do that. And then the <laughs> FTRKO was also filed. So it seems like they're trying to do whatever they can to kind of slow things down for the revival going over there. But it sounds like they'll be going to AEW under the name, the revolt. What's your instant yes. reaction to that? As you hear all these, this back and forth here that's going on. Uh, Cody's been trying to get a lot of those trademarks for a while. 
he, he's gotten a lot of some of the old like WCW type ones within the last year because uh, they did uh, a Bash at the Beach special for AEW on one of their uh, Dynamite shows a, a few months ago. Okay, and I thought it went went off pretty well. Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. WWE and Vince McMahon are trying to push back. They're trying to like put their thumb down on whatever potential competition there might be between AEW and WWE or just anybody in WWE. Um, that, that's, you know, Vince has been doing that for, I don't know, like 35 years or so since ever since he took WWE national and global, uh, showing the territory system and moving on to, um, conquering you know and being like caesar or, or roman empire or whatever and when i say roman empire I don't mean roman reigns right but, uh, but, but here's uh, here's the interesting thing i mean on on top of that i just keep thinking to myself the more he does that the more he's going to get just like he had back in the 90s when when people started to jump shift he's going to get guys that are going to be like this is this is crazy i i don't like being treated this way case in point you have an, a twitter exchange between dolph ziggler and Carl Anderson and Ziggler complains that a thing with him and Sonya Deville that was from SmackDown never made it up on the internet, but the Otis and Mandy one did. And Carl Anderson's uh, response was they like to leave out a lot of things that'll get you more over Indi- and, and, and Ziggler responds with like a ha ha. And, and he's complained about stuff before going on there you have you have a lot of wrestlers that when their contract is up, if AEW continues to build what it has over there, you could see a lot of people jumping. And I, that would be really interesting to me because you're also then going to get guys that are established in WWE that they're going to want to give a push if they're able to grab them. What happens to the talent that was new and young and started to build AEW? Do they end up... You know, I remember with WCW, you had you had some guys that ended up getting pushed to the back, but they were there at the beginning of it because when the WWE talent showed up, they were like, these guys are more marketable, more people know them. Do you think that would happen again? Oh, I hope not. Um, I think Cody Rhodes, Tony Khan, and people like that, I, I, I don't believe would would do that. But again, you never know. I mean... Bischoff did that with WCW. You know, you got your Hogan's and your Brutus Beefcake, who became the Butcher. Earthquake became the Shark. The Nasty Boys came over. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, the Honky Tonk Man. Pretty much anybody from that 80s WWF boom went to WCW. And for the most part, they were pushed more than the, the guys that were on the WCW brand there. Like the Horsemen kind of got pushed to the background. Um Stunning Steve Austin was pushed to the background, and he was one of their best talents at that point. Well, WWE and Vince McMahon should be thanking them for that because right. he only became the biggest star ever in WWE after that. But yeah, it's um, uh, from AEW's perspective and AEW's sake, yeah, it'd be nice to get some of the names, and I think they've even gone on record saying that we don't want to get too many of those names as to, you know, make it a WWE light type of situation or people like, oh, yeah, there's just a bunch of guys that used to be in WWE. I think they also want to form form their own identity with some of their guys, the younger guys, the, the more hip guys from the independent scene while mixing guys who came over from New Japan or Ring of Honor and a few guys from WWE who maybe were underpushed there. And I think that they've done a pretty good job so far. Um, I don't think they're going to make the same mistakes that WCW made in that respect in terms of booking talent. I still think it's going to be a good mix of 
homegrown AEW talent and maybe some former WWE guys that were underutilized. You know, what's interesting is that you would think AEW, what they really want is they want a big name from WWE, and that's a hard thing to get. But then you see Anderson and Gallows get released, and AJ Styles go up on, I believe it was the Mixer app. It was going around Twitter, and he basically talks about how shocked he was they were let go and that he felt responsible for them being released, like that he was like the older brother, and those are his little brothers, and he wanted to take care of them. And it hurt him really bad, is what he said. Now, this is a big name that has talked about the idea that when his contract's up, he might be done. But if behind the scenes, he is so ticked off, like if he made a play to try to save them and it got shoved back in his face and they end up somehow on AEW, I wonder if he would show up, even if it was like just a one-year deal or something like that, to kind of say, you know what, I don't know WWE anything, I'm going to take care of my two guys and get them and, and, and help them along in AEW if they made the move over there. I'm just kind of curious because you have these releases. That's probably just because of the COVID-19. That's WWE having to scale back, but you don't know what kind of hurt feelings are there. And I found that really interesting that Styles came out and said that. Yeah, I can totally say it. I mean, they're like brothers um, going back to the New Japan days and the Bullet Club and all that from a few years ago. And uh, I think AJ might feel like he's taking some personal responsibility because maybe he could, he should have spoke up a little bit more in the back when Gallows and Anderson were being kind of pushed to the side a couple of years ago. I mean, they had a, a solid debut. They got pushed for a few weeks on TV. And then after that, they either became a comedy act or they disappeared from TV entirely. So, yeah, I think AJ kind of maybe he thought personally dropped the ball on maybe kind of protecting them and maybe going to creative and, or going to Vince and saying, these guys are really good. I mean, look, look what I, what I've done. These guys have done the same thing in Japan. I mean, I, I think they can relate with the crowd. And I actually, personally, I thought Gallows and Anderson could relate with the crowd on many levels. I mean, even their comedy shtick was pretty funny, but those what downs, that wasn't the reason why they were brought in the WWE though. They're brought in the WWE because they're badasses. They're tough guys. Uh, Gallows is like something like six, seven, six, eight, big dude. Anderson's a tough dude as well. I mean, they should have pushed that team as kind of like a like a revival type team in terms of you know their action in the ring. Of course, revival we can go up and back about them. Their push too, but. Uh, yeah, I just think AJ might have felt a little guilty about not, not standing up a little bit more for them. Yeah, and you know what the thing is? It was something that was going on with those two, in my opinion, for a long time, that and maybe maybe there is some regret there because it wasn't like it came out of nowhere. I mean, they even had their, they had their own show on the WWE Network. They got one episode, and I thought it was pretty entertaining. You know, they were showing, like, flubs in the ring and mistakes and stuff like that. I thought it was great, and they only got one episode out of the entire thing. And then it just disappeared. It seemed like every time that Styles included them in a storyline, they were quickly somehow written slowly out of it. Like WWE yeah. wanted Styles. Like, I wonder if the idea was we want AJ Styles. And he was like the, you have to bring these two with me. And then WWE just continuously worked against the two of them, but they want, and they played like this game to keep AJ and try to work those guys out enough so they could let him go. And they don't realize that even though they did it on screen, that didn't change the relationship he had with those two guys. And that's why I wonder, this could be something that down the line you see. A guy like AJ Styles that may have never been available to a place like AEW, if these guys somehow end up over there or he's able to help them out, it seems like that relationship would be, I'm going to take care of my boys 
And when my contract's up at WWE, I'm going to take care of them, you know? And that WWE yeah. may be hard-pressed to go bring them back before he makes that decision. I would I, I, I would be, love to be a fly on the wall in the conversations with between him and, and WWE management after uh, when they're finally able all to get together in the same room after this happened to, to kind of hear what his, his response was because he didn't seem very happy about it at all. Yeah, I, I can totally see if his contract runs out at some point. I think he just recently extended his deal with WWE that, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see it once that does run out and he has a little bit left, does he go to AEW and maybe join Gallows Anderson there if that's where they end up? Right. That would be, a, a, I think, a pretty decent blow to WWE in terms of a star power name going over there, kind of in the ilk of John Moxley or Chris Jericho. Right. Okay. So let's talk about money in the bank. You, you want to jump into this? Because uh, first of all, it seems like one of the things we talked about a few weeks ago when I said they should start both of the women's and the men's matchup at the same time and have yeah. them work their way up either side of the building. It sounds like they're doing that. I was reading that yes. on CBS sports that they're actually yeah, going like to the plan. Yeah. yeah that, so, so now I think, I think what I talked about these crazy interactions, all the things you can do with it, I really hope it comes to fruition because you could have so much fun with this as they work their way through the building. As long as it's not, we're just hitting each other and there's crazy stuff and you open up a door and some guys just stand. I mean, like that's what you need to have happen. Have you heard anything else besides the fact they're starting together that, that may go along the lines of what we talked about they should do with money in the bank? I haven't heard anything other than what you just mentioned. Yeah. Cause that, that was one of the points in my notes that I was going to bring up that, they're going to be doing the matches simultaneously, which I think is going to be a really, really interesting concept. Uh, I don't know if they're going to split screen some of the action or maybe at times they'll focus on something and then they'll like, okay, change back to the women fighting here and then change back to the men. And then maybe at some point you see them crisscrossing paths, like in the conference room or something like that. I, I can't wait to, to see all the different possibilities and fun little things that they can do with this going up to the, um, corporate rooms of Titan Tower or WWE headquarters, as it's now known as. I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun, and uh, there's going to be laughs. There's going to be thrills and chills and spills. I think this pandemic, in this sake, for this match, is going to bring out a very unique feel to this particular Money in the Bank this year. I mean, I don't know if you can do something like this every year or all the time, but I, I just think for the circumstances, this is going to be a lot of fun. Let's talk about the matches, and we'll start with the women's one first. You got uh, uh, Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, Dana Brooke, Asuka, uh, or Asuka. Uh, Asuka. Asuka. Yeah. I always, I you I know what? Say, yeah, I, I, I gave a new, I gave a new name to her. It's it, it, Asuka. I know it's Asuka. I'm an idiot. Like I said, I'm I'm hungover today. Asuka versus Shayna Baszler versus uh, Nia Jax, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and Carmella. And you have to wonder who they want to give a push to. Because they get to turn it in on any championship that they want to go after when they have uh, the money in the bank and they can cash the thing in. So I, I just don't see them giving it back to Carmella. And I no. couldn't even imagine them giving it to Dana Brooke. I just don't think that she's ever been that 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 star quality type person. And I don't think Shayna needs it to win a championship. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, she's such an ultimate fighter. Why would she need to sneak in and take it? So I'm wondering after, you know, I'm kind of eliminating those three right off the top. I, I, do you disagree with that? And, and if you agree with it, of the other three, who do you think has the best chance? 
I, I think Shayna still has a chance, but I think you make a very, very good point there that, yeah, she doesn't need the case. She could build her way up to facing like a Becky Lynch on her own merits without having a briefcase to cash in. But out of those other three, you have Asuka, Nia Jax, and Lacey Evans. All are intriguing. Obviously, Asuka had that great little run of matches, that little feud she had with Becky earlier this year that a lot of people raved about. And some people thought, okay, maybe this is Asuka's chance to break back out as a single and maybe regain that title and maybe show a little bit of what people saw of her back in NXT and her early WWE days. So that's a case for her. The case for Nia is she's been out a year. She's huge. And I think giving her the case would probably be the most intriguing just because you got her and Becky Lynch's history going back maybe 18 months where Nia Jax actually busted Becky's nose on live television. And it was a hard way deal. I mean, Becky was bleeding. The nose was deviated. Um, I think the fans really got behind Becky at that point. And I'm not so sure Becky has gotten a sufficient enough revenge on Nia for that act. So I'm, I could totally see Nia going over in that situation. Lacey Evans has always been very interesting to me, even going back to NXT. Some people have really raved about her and other people have kind of poo-pooed her. I'm kind of in the first category where I really like what she's done. I love the fact that she's now a babyface. And this whole thing going on with Bailey and Sasha Banks kind of, you know, having some issues and miscommunications and stuff like that. And um, Sasha taking a couple of losses to Lacey and Tamina recently. And I don't think Tamina is going to beat Bailey at, at Money in a Bank. I think Bailey is going to squeak out. So if you get a Lacey Evans uh, victory in Money in the Bank, I think putting the money in the bank, uh, the briefcase in her hand could be an interesting little feud on SmackDown. But I think if you put a gun to my head and say, Mike, you got to pick one, I'm thinking Nia Jax. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to see. I, I, you know what? I, you know who I think it's going to be? Uh, I think it's going to be Asuka. I, I just, I, I just feel like that they're, they, they want to get her back into the championship picture and this is the way to do it. And she can sit there I and hold it. She can hold the thing for six to seven months before she actually does it. So, I mean, that's the thing. It could be a long term thing where she holds on to it and she's constantly threatening, threatening somebody. So that would be interesting. Let's get to the men's side. Daniel Bryan, okay. Alistair Black, Rey Mysterio, King Corbin, Otis, and uh, one to be determined is what I have on mm-hmm. me unless that's been uh, been updated. So first of all, who do you think is going to be the last guy in? Is there any indication to you that you, you see somebody big coming in there? Or is that just because WWE can't figure out who the last one's going to be? Um, I think you might be right on that. The whole WWE can't figure out who the last guy is going to be. If you were to ask me this question before the Apollo Crews injury or injury angle, I mean, that's debatable on, as to which it really is. I would have said Apollo Crews. For some reason, since uh, WrestleMania, they have attached a rocket ship to him, and he's looked good on Monday Night Raw. And I'm like, where has this Apollo Crews been for the last three years? This is a guy in NXT who is really up and coming, and I thought they pushed him to the main roster way too quickly. I mean, yeah, I know he had the skills, but I like to have, I would have liked to have seen him accomplish a little bit more at the NXT level, maybe get a run at the NXT championship. He's got all the tools. He's strong. He's agile. He can fly around in there a little bit. He, I think he has the package 
legitimacy and the package to be a really top superstar in WWE. And I would have been like, yeah, Apollo is kind of the hot guy. Give it to Apollo. But looking at that list now, oof, I mean, I love Aleister Black. I mean, it would be cool to see him get it. Um, maybe have him chase Seth Rollins. I think that, or not Seth Rollins, uh, even Drew McIntyre, uh, maybe before he slipped there, but I think Drew's holding on to the title against Seth. So that was just a mistake on my part. I think Black chasing Drew could actually be interesting. And maybe Black kind of shows a little bit of a darker side as he does because they're both baby faces right now. That's the guy I kind of like in this scenario, looking at all the names. Corbin is a guy that's been there, done that in terms of holding the briefcase, but uh, he choked when he faced Jinder Mahal a few years ago and got right. beaten up by a roll-up on a cash-in attempt. Like, oof. Right. Little. I, you know, I've never gotten, he's never gotten over with me, you know, Baron Corbin's never gotten over with me and and now whatever King Corbin, I just, it's just, it's never worked out for me. I've never, I've never been invested in the guy. I've never gotten excited about his matches. I've never, I, I, I skip him a lot. I, I just don't know what it is. It's just, a, there's something missing there. I know he's got a bunch yeah. of talent and I know that like WWE has done everything to push him. I, I, it just doesn't, he doesn't do it for me. Like on that list, like I'm, I'd be more interested in Otis winning. And that's stupid. That would be kind of interesting. That would, yeah. I mean, but that's the other thing. Like, I see his name on there, and I go, okay, fine. I get the whole thing with Mandy Rose. It's a great storyline, but are you? is that the plan now? Otis is going off on his own? Do they really think that he, that he can pull that off? I just don't know. I, what is your thought on him? Because, like, it, 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 it was a fun storyline, but is he really a headliner? I don't think he's a headliner. No. I, mean, I love I love Otis and, yeah. and Tucker. I love that tag team. And I think Otis as a single is very interesting. But as as a Money in the Bank uh, briefcase holder, I, I just don't see it. Daniel Bryan has won it before, and he's cashed in. I'm not sure if he's the right guy. And uh, same thing with Ray. I mean, Ray's never won the Money in the Bank. He's been cashed in on as a champion, thanks to a Money in the Bank winner, Kane, a number of years ago. But, I mean, I guess that could be an interesting little thing if they give it to Ray because he's the veteran guy. He's never had it. Um maybe one of his last big accomplishments in WWE, if that happens. But it's like, there's really nobody unless they come up with somebody big on the mystery man that screams, okay, we should give this guy the case. So I guess in that fact, that's what could make this match really interesting because there's a lot of doubt and there's a lot of surprises possibly. I've heard maybe Jinder Mahal might be the guy getting the push again because he just returned to Raw last week. And Jinder was the WWE champion for six months before. So if he's the guy that wins the, the gauntlet match, which happens on Raw, and by the time you hear this podcast tomorrow uh, off the live feed and on the actual podcast apps, we may know if it's Jinder or we may know if it's somebody else. But if it's Jinder, that could be interesting to see. Maybe he ends up getting it and challenges his former 3MB partner, Drew McIntyre. I, I think that uh, whoever to be determined is, is the winner of Money in the Bank. I'm going to put that down right now without even knowing who the last person right. is. I think TBD wins the Money in the Bank. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm convinced of it. TBD wins. Whoever that is, they're winning Money in the Bank. It just, it, you know, it, 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 even local promotions, we see them do those things where, like, there's a last minute person that gets in and they and you just kind of discount them. But it, that was the plan all along. For you yeah, to Brian not Pillman even think Jr. that warrior wrestling, right? Yeah. Brian, Brian Pillman Jr. Winning the uh, war of attrition match at warrior wrestling ain't becoming the new champion after getting beat up by bully right earlier in the night. So, yeah, I mean, 
that the element of surprise or shock value is huge in wrestling at all levels. And uh, again, I can totally see that here too with the Benny in the Bank match. So anything going on local? Is there anything popping up around here or is it just dead right now? It's pretty much dead because of the stay-at-home orders. Uh, Some promotions are starting to schedule some stuff for early to mid-June. And even that's very tentative at this point. Uh, a couple of local promoters that I follow and friend and friends with on Facebook have kind of mentioned, you know, once this if this thing is is back to normal or closer to normal by like June, that I have shows set up at various places. But again, it could be it could still be way too early, and there's nothing concrete in terms of anything until at least July, August ish at this point, and even then that could be in doubt depending on how long this thing rolls on. So, yeah, because, I mean, that's the interesting thing, the idea that you kind of have to schedule things because other it's like you don't know when things are going to open up, but it's all tentative what you're going to end up doing. I mean, I'm seeing that on every level. I'm seeing it with my daughter's eighth grade graduation. Everything's tentative yeah. because nobody knows what they're going to end up doing. So, I mean, I, I get that. But, you know, they, they kind of have to. It's almost like you got to plan an event for June and plan an event for July and plan an event for August and wait and see what happens. You know, yeah. and and know that you'll probably end up canceling certain events, but just start like mapping out. Well, if we start on this month, this is what we're going to do. If we have to wait another month, this is what we're going to do. You know, that would be interesting. I I, re- I came across this thing and I'm really disappointed in it, but it sounds like um, Cody Rhodes not interested in Heath Slater. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a bummer. <laughs> like, like, I like Heath Slater. It was brought up in a Q&A and he responded, nope, no on Heath Slater. like no (laughs) and then Heath Slater responds to it like damn no nope on Heath I thought you were a businessman but that was a bad business decision at Cody Rhodes like but I I mean like was there ever any like here like any possibility of backstage heat between those two guys like I just find it funny he's like no I don't want anything to do with Heath Slater at all I don't know if it's backstage heat or maybe it's just Cody kidding around with it because Cody and Zack Ryder have actually traded barbs on uh, social media in the past. And now all of a sudden Cody came up with this very nice and complimentary tweet about Zack and the fact that Zack won that uh, huge intercontinental ladder match. I believe it was um, WrestleMania 32. My memory doesn't fail me. And Cody was actually in that match, too, as Stardust, of course. But, yeah, he and he and Zach are always kind of buddied. And um, Cody, was, Cody was always attacking Zach on Twitter about his toy collection and stuff like that. And, obviously, um, that's something we could get into down in the future, wrestling toys and collectibles and stuff, since I'm kind of into that, too. But, yeah, I think a lot of times Cody kids around with some of the guys that he used to consider friends in WWE – when it comes to uh, jobs in AEW and stuff like that, I I don't know if there's any old, there's any overt heat or disagreements between Cody and Heath or not, but I think um, I would I would take a flyer on Heath Slater. I mean, shoot, you can put him with Orange Cassidy. They both have kind of like the same color hair, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that it would be great if this was a work. Like, it'd be great if this was a work and, like, you just see Heath Slater hanging out, like, like, uh, like on the outer reaches, like, looking in, like, trying to get a hold of Cody. Like, th- that'd be great if this was a work and it was a way to bring him in because Heath plays that so well. He plays that, yeah. like, 
like nobody gives me a chance and I got kids and you know, all, you know, all that stuff. Like he, he plays it like, why don't I get an opportunity? And you know, I'm just Heath Slater, you know, and I just, you know, and he just plays that goof so well. And yeah. it, Cody, it would be kind of a fun storyline to see him trying to get, I would find that more interesting than the Jake, the snake thing where he's trying to get his wrestler in. What's his face? Mm-hmm. Well, I can't remember his La- name. La- Lance Archer. Lance Archer. Right. Because that was all like this darkness and you got to let him in and, you know, him giving a speech and all that stuff like that. But like the goofy Heat Slater trying to get in to AEW, that'd be funny to me. Like I would, I would, I like the humor in wrestling. I've always liked it. I think that's why The Rock has always been my favorite. There are people like I'm a Stone Cold fan. Stone Cold was cool, but he was his best when he did something funny. When he was just the when he was just a badass, I liked The Rock even when The Rock was the heel and Stone Cold was the guy who who was supposed to be the baby face. I liked mm-hmm. The Rock when The Rock was a heel more than Stone Cold and actually rooted against Stone Cold. Like I was an absolute rock mark because I was like I this is it's funny. I like the funny. I like the biting things. I like when they pick on each other. I like when somebody says something outlandish. I like when they can joke about themselves. I mean, think about it. The Rock was good, but he became a superstar when he went on SNL that first time and just showed that he was funny. And then he was just like off to the races with him. I, I just love that kind of thing. Heath Slater has that on some level, and you could do a really funny storyline with him, I think, with him like acting like, what, no Heath? Why not Heath? Like, I could already see the shirt. Why not Heath? Like that he's yeah. wearing as he stands out there. Like I, it would be great. And I think you can incorporate social media into this too. Even at the start, and now even if he his quote signed with AEW, maybe he kind of started like you know I'm uh, he's outside the arena doing an Instagram live or something like that and trying to get in, almost like a, a Bobby Heenan is in the sky. He's trying to get into the first Monday Night Raw because they excluded him from the broadcasting. I think they could do some really, really funny stuff with Heath outside in the arena or maybe just kind of they're trying to um, find Cody's house or something like that. I think that would be a really cool little uh, storyline for AEW to pursue. And you need that right now with the way that you're you're able to film things. More vignettes, more funny little stuff off to the side gives you more content than what you're able to do with no crowd out there and the inability to do the show that you might want to do. And if you're able to get him to do something, you know, here's the thing. Artists are creative. Like the, the, the moment I, and, and I'm not trying to say that I'm an artist, but just like, think about it this way. Like the moment this COVID thing happened and I realized that I had two choices. Do I continue to do everything that I'm doing with all the different podcasts and shows that I'm doing and creative things that I'm doing, even though I might not make as much on what I'm doing or, or do I, do I stop? There was never a question. Like, why would I stop, take a break and come back when all this was over? I just, I, I need to keep be doing what I do. I, I, I would imagine a Heath Slater would sit there and say, hey, Cody, you know, you don't even need to sign me yet. I'll just show up and do some stuff, you know, but put me mm-hmm. on like, you know, like just have me just show up and then I'll work my way in. And if it works, then you can sign me, you know, I mean, he might, that might be, I, you can see agreements like that happening right now at this stage when companies don't have a lot of money and they're, they have an interest in the guy and the guy has an interest in going there. And it's like, we really can't use you very much, but if you could do something on the internet or mess around and get something to go viral, then, uh, then we'll, it'll totally set you up for being able to come in here later, you know? And I, I could see more of that happening. And I think stars need to start taking more, um, more of their career into their own hands. Like how Zack Ryder started his whole thing. You know I mean? Take what you can into your own hands right now 
with social media and with the ability to kind of like get yourself out there when there isn't a crowd, when you're the light might be shining on you a little bit more because people are desperate for content and, and make something. Okay. Instead of sitting back, being aggravated and kind of like grinding your teeth, make something. I, that's what I would love to see. I'd love to see somebody do that because I think they'd be successful. Yeah. I think that, um, they, they could definitely do that with a guy like Heath Slater and, they, in fact, they kind of did a little bit before uh, a number of years ago when they had the big draft, like maybe 2016, where they finally decided to do a hard split on the rosters again. Heath Slater was not drafted out of all the guys that got picked. And basically, he was a free agent and he had to go on shows, working, try to get a contract. And that's how he ended up um, getting back on SmackDown, I believe. And then he eventually won the tag team titles with Rhino, of all people. Right. That's where like, I Got Kids comes from. I mean, yeah. he, that whole thing, he, like he was so over when that happened. He was so yeah. over for a guy that's never gotten a big push. People love that. I, I've got an I Got Kids shirt because I got kids. And I thought it was hysterical. You know, I mean, like, <laughs> like it was so funny. The vignettes with him and Rhino in the trailer, there should have been more of those. I couldn't believe the when they stopped crackers. doing it. Yeah, it was almost it was almost like it was going over so well. That he had done something. WWE was like, man, we don't want to push this guy too much. And they pulled back on him, you know, mm-hmm. and and that, because he was over and it was amazing. And, and, and that he's got to be able to do that. And, you know, I'm going to tell you something. If AEW allows guys when they get on that kind of role to just continue to go and be like, hey, you know what? Six months ago, our plan was this. But so and so got over so much. We're changing the plan. Imagine how much better of a product they would be from than WWE and how much people would want to go and work there. So, I mean, that, that, that's Hangman the angle they should be taking. Example. Huh? Adam Hangman Page is a great example of a guy that kind of organically got over and started getting bigger with the fans. And then he ended up, they ended up giving him the tag team titles with Kenny Omega. That's a perfect example of what you were just referring to. Right. Exactly. All right. I felt like we were on a roll, but now we're, we're at 30 minutes. So I'm ending the show. I got to go take some Advil, <laughs> put some food in my stomach, you know, and, and try to restart my day. After after several flubs here while we're doing it, my friend, I will, uh, do you know who the guest is? Are you going to announce the guest? You're going to do that yeah, at the end of the show. I mean, we, we did the big tease and now yeah. we're at the end of the show. Yeah. So let's uh, let's bring it. Our special guest next week will be up and coming local women's wrestler, Chicago sweetheart, Nissa Kate. I just confirmed this with her and she's very excited about coming on. Uh, looking forward to talking a little bit about how she got her start and um into some other topics. That's so awesome. Can't wait to see Miss Kate next week on the Windy City Slam podcast. That is awesome. All right, we got the big guest. We've got the end of the show, and we've had an awful lot of fun today. And I just like talking wrestling with you, Mike. So uh, I enjoy that, and we will see everybody next week with our new special guest. Look, I'm telling you right now, you get this is how it all starts. You get on the Windy City Slam podcast. You say something outlandish. You get over. Next thing you know, you're a rising star in the business. It all starts here. Windy City Slam. Found everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at WindyCitySlam.com. Bye-bye, everybody. Just screaming because my name.